Are you a man looking for an intensive program to help you overcome your sexually addictive behaviors? Gateway to Freedom is your answer. Gateway to Freedom is a three-day intensive workshop for men seeking to overcome sexually addictive behaviors. Whether married, single, or divorced, Gateway to Freedom will help men regain hope for a new life of purity and real contentment. The workshop is conducted by experts in the field of sexual addiction recovery. Your experts have over 35 years of combined experience. Read testimonials of workshop alumni at gatewaymen.com. Get all the info and register online at gatewaymen.com or call 1-800-49-PURITY. Hi, my name is Jonathan, and I'm the founder of the Gateway to Freedom Workshop. I want to personally invite you to be part of our next intensive coming up August 1st through the 3rd. So call us today at 1-800-49-PURITY or visit gatewaymen.com. Welcome to Pure Sex Radio, training men, educating women. Are you ready to get real and start living each day in purity? This dynamic program is designed to educate, encourage, and equip listeners with the tools necessary for living a life of sexual purity. Pure Sex Radio brings you the best in mobile talk radio. Listen to real-life struggles, learn how to overcome lust, pornography, and sex addiction, and get serious about purity. Good day, radio listeners. Welcome to this week's edition of the Pure Sex Radio Broadcast. We're glad to have you with us. My name is Jonathan. I'm excited. We have Todd and Marie back again this week in the studio. So how are you guys doing? Doing well. Good. Had a good week. Well, I want to just jump right in because I really want um, I, I want to kind of get back into your story a little bit. Kind of where we left last week is you guys, you know, you'd been you'd gotten to the disclosure aspect. Todd, mm-hmm. your secret was now no longer a secret. You know, Marie, you're dealing with the devastation of that mm-hmm. news, and how do you handle that? And you guys started really working, working hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and I think that's that's something I really want our listeners to understand is that um, this is not an easy road. No, no. really, no. really, no matter. And I want listeners to understand, no matter what option you choose, and there's multiple options that mm-hmm. people have at this point, none of them are easy. And so the the one that you guys chose was for restoration. You right. chose to seek to make this thing work somehow, and you really started working hard. And so t- start start from there where, you know, you were weeks into this thing. You said it was five weeks between the time that, yes. that Todd had this porn on your phone to the time he finished yes. the full disclosure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as you guys were working and you said, listen, you had these – Late nights, a lot of times where mm-hmm. you're just learning to talk and connect. Take us from there and the process from there to here, to where you are now. Sure. And it was over that at that time, um, about after we're into that recovery mode, about two months later. So that was originally March where I f- finally disclosed everything. And it was in May that we noticed our son having, uh, our son Seth having a few more uh, problems with double vision. He would complain about double vision. We started taking him to an eye doctor. But at that point, we really felt like he was healed, and we didn't even enter our minds that he might have cancer again. Um, 
even eventually had to get an MRI uh, that was on a Friday afternoon, and later that night we were airlifted to John Hopkins Hospital in uh, Baltimore, Maryland, because the brain tumor had returned, and it was pushing on his brain stem that was uh, an emergency um, surgery. Um, well, no, it wasn't an emergency surgery. It became a matter of life or death. Right. Because of the... They, the they originally thought they were going to have to do emergency surgery. Once they once we got down there, they realized that the the tumor was too big to operate uh, at at a delicate. It was too much of a delicate place along the brainstem. Um, so at that point, we were we were really working hard on our marriage, really working hard on on restoration, and we were hit with this blow. Uh, it was the following morning that we sat with the doctors at a table. And he basically said, there's less than a, cause we wanted percentages. How much percentage, you know, when we went in before, they said 85% cure rate, right? Give us a percentage of, of what the cure rate is when this cancer comes back. And he said, really, we're looking, we're not looking at percentages anymore. And we're like, give us a percent. And he said, well, it's not 1%. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're really just looking at the quality of life that he can have. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I am just totally a mess. <laughs> I just found out that my husband was living this totally secret life. Then I had to give up this ministry that I loved. And now I have to make life and death decisions for my son. And that was all within a matter of three months. Yeah. And so I am totally devastated. I mean, not devastated. I I felt like I just wanted to run away because I didn't feel like I could handle another bit of trauma mm-hmm. and another bit of pain. And I just felt like I couldn't even, I couldn't even emotionally be there at times because of where I was at with our marriage. Did you ever have any, Marie, did you ever have any moments in this season where you really started to have some some doubt even in your faith? Like what? I mean, does God really think I can handle that? You know, did you? What was going on in your faith? Because I think, I mean, that's a lot to just boom, 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 boom you know, it all at once. To where lot. we start to. I mean, I know I've had plenty of seasons where it's like, God, I, I don't know if you know what you're doing. Did you ever have any of those? Well, the other I, thing that happened over that time, too. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt <laughs> you, John, with that question. But we had. I also in a small business. We were getting sued at that same point. So yes. there was another so total pile on. Another pile on. Yeah, so, yeah within so that three months, Marie, we also had can... a lawsuit. Um, yes, I told God that I think He wrote the Bible wrong with that verse. <laughs> he doesn't give you too much that you can't handle. Right. Um, and I told Him that a number of times. But actually, that scripture doesn't even say that. Right. You know, and um. It was too much for me to handle, and that's why I needed God. And yes, there were times that I was like, God, where are you? Where are you in this mess? Mm-hmm. And he would show up in an instant. He would show up, either he'd give me peace, or there were times that I was just on my knees, and I thought, I have no strength to even pray. There's nothing left in me to even ask God for help. And he would meet me right there on my knees as I'm crying, and he would give me the strength that I need just to stand up and move forward. Yeah. So then what happened, so then Seth has this, once again, this just terrible diagnosis. Mm-hmm. So what happens from that point? So that, oh. Yeah, so then when we're sitting in the hospital room, you know, I said something to Seth about, I'm really sorry you have to deal with this again. And he said, you know, Dad, 
if anybody has to, to get cancer, I would rather be the one to get it the second time. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. You don't deserve it to get it a second time. He said, well, I know what cancer's like, and another child would be really scared, afraid. And he said, you know, I'm not afraid, and I know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And I saw some bravery in my son, I think, that I was able to really appreciate because I was no longer in the addictions that I was in before. I now had total disclosure. I could really have a good relationship with my son that I wouldn't have been able to experience before mm-hmm. when I was living in my addictions. And I could also have a real heart-to-heart talk, talk with God in my personal time. Mm-hmm. I wrote letters when I was sitting there in the hospital room at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, tears running down my face, just typing on my on my phone, just different letters of, God, you know, I can't handle this, you know, I don't know what you're thinking, you know. And I just commanding things and, you know, just different things are just being really real. And, you know, did just your taking sons, one step along. Did your son's courage actually increase your own courage in your I mean did you was there any connection there well de- yeah definitely with that because I thought you know if if Seth can have courage through this if Seth can love others you know and that the amazing the amazing thing with that is Seth's whole you know you think when when struggles come you lose your faith his faith grew in mm-hmm. fact he was not a, a boy of strong faith before he ever got sick he questioned everything and when his faith got stronger, I think it encouraged me as a father. I mean, a father can learn a lot of stuff from their kids. Absolutely. Um, so, so then, oh. go ahead. I was just gonna, I was gonna say. So then, like, here I am, and I'm not able to even emotionally. I, I was there physically, but emotionally, it was very hard for me to be involved in some of those deep conversations. But I watched as my husband, who had previously confessed his whole sexual addiction to me and I had watched how he coped the very first time Seth had cancer when he was 11 and how Todd pulled away. I was now able to watch the second time with the cancer, Todd be the man of God that he was mm. called to be. And he was the one that was there and he was he was the one that was saying, Marie, we're going to believe and he was the one reading his Bible and he, he was, he basically had picked up his mantle of manhood. Did that did that have an effect on your own healing process regarding your marriage? Well, was that difficult uh, yes. to see? Because I know no, that, I know was, that some wives they they can that can be a difficulty because they go, "Where was this nineteen years?" Ago? You know, and that you can have some of those thoughts of right. like, "Why did it take this long?" And um, for me, it was a physical evidence of what was really happening in his heart. Yeah. And for me, it was something tangible that I could say. There is a difference here. There's something different. And I was actually, yes. And I was actually very thankful for it because where I couldn't be, he was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even, even now sometimes when like thoughts might pop up or something, I can remind myself of those moments when through the hardest time I watched my husband cope healthy and cope as a man of God. I also realized for me as a man to deal with pressure, it's good to cry. Yeah. I dealt with a lot of pain, and even when we're working on our marriage, just crying about how much I'd hurt my wife, and just spending some time crying and bringing some release uh, through those tears. It's just amazing. Um, so at that point, our our son, we put some of our marriage stuff on hold, I think, because we had been working so hard on that that we basically had to take a little bit of time and saying, okay, 
we're not going to fall back. We're going to still be, I was still doing all the things, going to group as much as I could, going to my accountability partner. But there's a new kind of urgency with this issue with Seth. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, You're right. So. so we really started praying and believing that Seth would be healed. Uh, we did find a, a treatment there at the hospital that they could give him uh, at home. So he was able to go home uh, without any surgery. And, you know, over the next couple months, his tumor started to shrink through this uh, treatment that he was getting of chemotherapy. And, and once again, he had to lose his hair, but he was fine. He was okay with that. A bunch of his friends shaved their heads, and that was really neat. And his brother, who loves his shaggy hair, right. <laughs> has never had long hair again. And wow. our, our family has always been really close. Our brother, brothers and sisters always been close. We take a lot of vacations together and just spend time together all the time, play games together. And it was, it was during these next uh, couple months that just spending time with Seth and our family together that I really started to appreciate what God had given me as a family and, and how much to love my wife and my kids. And I could really feel Seth's love and the other kids' love back that I couldn't feel before because I always had that, that wall and up. Wall, yeah. mm-hmm. And the other thing I noticed during this time is when I was a kid, I always had a desire to do something wrong and get away with it. During this healing process, that desire of doing something wrong had totally gone away. I didn't want to. I didn't want to have anything hidden. I didn't want to have uh, do something wrong. You know, that wasn't my desire. I really started to hate the sin. So then, so what happened next with Seth? Uh, so, um, yeah. So, so we're in the summertime. He was flown down to Johns Hopkins in May. Um, they didn't think the tumor was going to shrink, and by September, they told us the tumor's gone. And we were just rejoicing. We were just like, wow, this is this is a God thing. He's healing him. This is awesome. My parents had blessed us all with a, a cruise for Christmas, an early Christmas present. There was 19 of us and went on this cruise to Bermuda. And when we came back, this would have been the very end of September. When we came back, Seth was walking a little funny again, which is a neurological problem. Um, but we were all walking funny. We were on a cruise for eight days. But his, by Wednesday, his was... Still, he was still dizzy, and we were all not. Yeah. And so we called the doctors at Johns Hopkins, asked them, said we need an immediate MRI, and we received that. Um, and we defined the bad news that the tumor had returned in three locations of his brain. Um, so that was a that was a Thursday when we found that out. Um, Monday we went down there, and we heard the word hospice for the very first time. And Monday night... Todd and I just knelt by our beds, and we just released our son. And we, we just told the Lord, we said, we want you to heal him. We just pray for healing. But if you're not going to heal him, we ask that you take him quickly. And it was the next day that our son had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, so he was 15 years old. Um, and the amazing thing is that all five of us were around Seth. When he passed away, it was it was just a God thing that we were all there, but we all. Yeah. How can you? You know, you're you're talking about um, a year in your life that few can survive. Right. How did you guys make it through that year? Wow, I would say, for me, the only reason I can sit here is because God is because and it might sound ultra spiritual but I in human eyes 
I I would be totally messed up. But through Christ, He's given me joy instead of my sorrow. You know, there's many times that I'm sad still, and and I cry over Seth and stuff. But but He has given given us a new perspective yeah. on life. Maybe that's a good way to put it. Well, and Todd, and, and Todd, I want to, you know, this is, this is, you know, clearly this is an experience that, that no parent ever wants to go through. But, you know, you had, you had gone through an original diagnosis for Seth mm-hmm. when you were still kind of drowning in this place of self-deception and denial and lust. Mm-hmm. When, when your son died and you were less than a year from like being real, and, oh, yes. <laughs> and and sort of and one of the things that we know about recovery is when you finally confess and you start to get honest and and learn what it means to to move away from that life of self deception is we like to say you you regrow your sensitivities you start to feel how on earth did you emotionally I mean what was your emotional response now to okay you you lose your son and maybe for the first time in your life you are feeling you know, there's emotion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, how yeah. did you? What was going on emotionally in you when you lost your son? There were a lot of te- there were a lot of tears. I mean, it's it's amazing how much relief it brought me just to cry and um, wail. I mean, when Seth <laughs> passed away, we were all there at his bed. Our family, every one of us, just wailed. I mean, it was we were a house of mourners. Mourners, yeah. yeah. And so, at this at the same time. We also saw God's grace on yeah. Seth um, by taking him quickly. We had seen a lot of cancer patients deal with a lot of pain and suffering. Um, but Seth never really had that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we could still see God's goodness in, in everything. <clears throat> I could also see God's goodness in the way he orchestrated the timing of my healing. That I could have this last six months with Seth of really loving him and feeling his love. And being and present yes. emotionally, right? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because you'd had all these years in your marriage and in your family where you were physically there, but emotionally and spiritually you were kind of off. At, the, at best, you were kind of drifting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of you weren't grounded. And so, you know, I was I was mentioning that yesterday when we were talking. Isn't it amazing in hindsight? You know, as painful as all of the events of that particular year were, how remarkable the timing was for how mm-hmm. God orchestrated the order of those yes. things. And mm-hmm. Marie. I'd like you to speak to the wives out there because about that, about how, you know, did, did looking in hindsight, did the order of how God orchestrated that year, uh, were you able to see kind of the mercy of God on your own life in that, in terms of how he ordered those things, even as tragic and painful as, as they were? Um, yes. I mean, you probably couldn't see at the moment, at the time. But that's the bit at the of moment, right? At the moment, everything was mass chaos in my life. But when I looked back, I did see God's grace there. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have been able to be a youth leader and yeah. go through everything that I had to go through. And how God, we were able to hand over that youth, even though it was very hard for me, we were able to hand over that youth leadership. And there was a healthy leader that mm-hmm. was in charge of the youth. So the youth kept going healthy. Well, what was the, and I want to ask you this too, this is something that either one of you can answer, but I think it's really, I mean, you probably more than anyone, Marie, mm-hmm. is, is going to be able to step in here. 
Um, what would you say is the is the was the value of the grief process not only for you and this for each of you, but not only for each of you personally, but in terms of the healing of your relationship, was there a, was there was part of the grief process also part of your healing as a mm. couple? Yes, definitely. Yes. Well, if this is what I think you're asking, um, grieving the marriage was very similar to a grief process and grieving our son is a little bit different because for our marriage, I was, there was a little bit different feelings that I had to grieve it because of what Todd did. And I'm grieving the loss of our son because of nothing he did. Right. So there's a little bit different there, but the whole thing of not being afraid of feeling the pain because so many times we want to run away from that pain. Mm -hmm. And to get through grief, you have to feel the pain. And so just being able to feel the pain and walk through it and feel it as hard as you can feel it at the moment. And and like Todd said, just, you know, crying and, and through all that. Um, so the grieving process seemed very similar with the similar steps through the grieving process to the point of acceptance. And yeah. that's, yes. And so when do you feel like, um, like in this timeline then, as you guys, you know, went through this grief process, uh, both for Seth and then also for your relationship, where did you feel like you, you sort of, where was kind of the light at the end of the tunnel? When did that, when did you start to feel a sense of we have, we've sort of come through the storm and when, and when, you know, if that happened, then what was the transition to like, what, what do you do in terms of moving forward after the storm? But the one thing I can say is I really wondered why all this was happening. And this was a big transition for me, and I, I think for you too, was asking God, like, why? Why is all this happening? What is going on? And to realize and come to a complete understanding that God is sovereign, and he's a God we can mm -hmm. trust. And things don't always happen the way we want them to. And things aren't going to, and our prayers aren't going to be answered exactly how we want them to. But to be able to trust in a sovereign God, um, that was a big, a big turning point for me in, in the whole healing with, with mm -hmm. Seth and Todd and just understanding who God was. And, and don't get us wrong, we still grieve Seth. And just yes. even yesterday, we saw somebody who looked just like him and we're like, oh, we yeah. miss Seth, you know. But at the same time, we also appreciate seeing that because you're like, oh, that's probably what Seth would have been like, you know. So, so we take that as a little gift from God. Sure. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's no. going to be the the way it is the rest of our life because the love that we had. And um, one of the biggest things I think I can hopefully encourage guys with is that I realized to take responsibility for the pain that I caused. Um, so I took responsibility for what I did to Marie and took responsibility as a man to say, I made these mistakes and think, okay, now that I've accepted the responsibility, I'm not going to take the mantle and say, I'm going to help to fix this. And once I was able to take, accept the responsibility, and then I really started to feel like the husband and father I was supposed to be when I picked up the mantle and said, I'm going to accept the responsibility and I'm going to do the best I can to restore what God has meant to be glorifying. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of interesting. It was probably about a year after this whole process, a new couple came to our church, and we were talking to them after church a little bit, and he said, 
He goes, oh, we were just sitting behind you in church, and we just love the relationship you and your wife have together. You receive so much love between the two. Yeah. And we hope when we're as old as you, and we're like, what? As old as us. <laughs> but, but as old as you to have a relationship the way you guys do, there's so much love there. And we were just able to sort of look and smirk at each other, and you said, you don't. You don't Realize know how hard that was that to was. get, and how much work that was. That's another gift from God, mm-hmm. too. And, you know, I think that's a that's a huge just testimony to God's grace, and I think it's wonderful when you can start to have those moments where the, uh, the relationship that you have now and the relationship that people see in you now is so contrary mm-hmm. to what you used to be. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, my wife and I like to say sometimes when we are even telling our story, we go, we feel like we're talking about two other people. Right. Like, they're not us, you yeah. know, and so that's yeah. an exciting thing. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, as we, we've got a few more minutes here, I want to, I want to ask you, you know, where is God taking you now? There's a, there's a, there's a new stability. There's something, cause you guys have, have been saying for a little while now, there's something stirring in you. Mm-hmm. Would this be something that you feel like is, Marie, kind of the answer to your question a little bit about, well, why did all this happen? You know, even if you don't know where right. he's taking you exactly, something's been, there's been like a directional change in your lives, right? Where it's, it's maybe not, not so much about your quote unquote recovery anymore as it mm-hmm. is about how can we take this thing that God has done in us and then bless others with it? See if we right. can help others. I guess it didn't. Like the the question was why did this all happen? I've come to the conclusion that we live in a fallen world, and just because we're Christians doesn't mean we're susceptible or we're we're protected from excluded. excluded thank you <laughs> from any of the that kind of stuff. But I do know God can use mm-hmm. the trauma and the pain, and so yes, so so my my heart would be to help other women who feel broken because of what their husband would have done or or just feel like they're devalued or or their you know their identity is totally devastated uh, my heart would be to help other women and to walk beside them and to let them know that that someone cares someone understands and that God still sees them with value and you know what's cool is that you know uh, that that wasn't even on your radar a few years ago no, it's, it's isn't it been... amazing how God <laughs> takes us through seasons of life where, in in a way, we have to go through a season of life where the blinders are on. Mm-hmm. It's like we are so focused and intense on mm-hmm. this moment and, and this time mm-hmm. that we can't see what God sees, which is this is the valley that you're going through right. for a greater purpose that's down here. Right, and I'm a totally different person than I used to be, and it's a good thing. Yeah, and yet I wouldn't want to walk that road again but god can use the hard roads to deepen a relationship within you Mm -hmm. and so with with me my relationship with god is deeper and more intimate than it ever was before because of the hard stuff i walked through yeah we really feel that the scripture that best describes our vision of what we have moving forward is found in joshua 114 and in there it talks about god has given you peace but he hasn't given you peace just to live in your land of peace. God wants you to come to the other side and help others find peace. And once you have helped others, then you can go back and rejoice in your peace. And that's what we really feel. Uh, so my, we really have a desire to work together. My 
it's part of that of that mission or calling moving forward is just to to be there for guys to say take responsibility mm-hmm. uh lay it down disclose that it's not it's going to be a painful place but it's a good place it's a good healing it's a good thing um and just to just to honestly be broken with other guys yeah. and just be meet them where they're at have discussions with them hear their story uh, listen to them just like my mentor did with me well, listeners, I hope you've been blessed these couple of weeks by Todd Marie's story. And thank you guys both for being willing to share sure. your story yeah, with our thanks listeners. Thanks for listening. Yep. And uh, so, folks, if you are just struggling, you're drowning in your addiction or you're struggling in your marriage, please contact us. We're here to help. Uh, you can get information at puresexradio.com or call us toll-free at 1-800-49-PURITY. And we look forward to having you back here again next week on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com. Jonathan Doherty's book, Secrets, is the true story that takes you on his journey through brokenness and despair that will captivate you, encourage you, and ultimately motivate you to live your own life to the fullest. It is a story of a man who had a secret, one that shaped his view of life and relationships for 13 years. Secrets is Jonathan's story of overcoming addiction, infidelity, and finally finding the path that led him to a place of true peace and freedom. Whether you are living a double life of secrecy and lies or not, Secrets will move you to reconsider how you live your life from this moment on, challenging you to live each day with no more regrets. Secrets, a true story of addiction, infidelity, and second chances, is available wherever Christian books are sold or on the book's website at www.secretsbook.net.